Welcome to Rookie Designer, episode 139. My name is Jake, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl. Welcome, Carl. Hi, Jake. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. So, uh, how's your week been? This week's been a little busy for me. Uh, the free, the full-time job has been uh, just, you know, non-stop. Been designing, producing, a lot of printing being done this week. Um, and, you know, some up, up and ups and downs, you know, various meetings and whatnot. Uh, Freelance-wise, did two logos, got a couple of web projects I'm working on. It's been really good. Good, good. Yeah, same here. I had a couple good meetings. I got some websites I'm working on, and I got a, a couple of white papers I'm working on that I'm, I've really enjoyed doing that kind of work. And uh, April's going by fast for me, so I got a lot of stuff to catch up with before I go into May because I got a big project in May. But so it's it's good. Well, I thought today we'd talk about something that you actually posted on the Rookie Designer Podcast Facebook brand page. So sure, why don't you absolutely. tell people what that um, was? So as you know, uh, we uh, I work a full-time job, but I've also been wondering, where can I find freelance work? So I asked uh, the rookies if uh, – I asked them a question – Freelancing can be hard, especially finding work. As I mentioned the pod, in the podcast, I'm employed full-time. But I want to get it, get the ropes of building a network. So that being said, are you building your network? Finding clients on Facebook, Craigslist, or perhaps Elance? And uh, in, res- in response, Felipe said um, he started getting involved in groups outside of the field, for example. Uh, local fitness group or camp and uh, he goes to places where he can meet new people outside of design so they can kind of get to know them and freelance a bit actually I have a really good story to kind of go with that Um, one of my clients was a pet sitting consultant and pet sitting has almost become an interesting niche for me and the reason for that is, is exactly what Felipe was talking about. She invited me to a Facebook group that was a whole bunch of pet sitting businesses together talking about everything from marketing to employees to just talking about good stuff like what what new clients they have and what kind of if it's a dog or a cat things like that. So I I joined the group and it was interesting because I'm like what am I going to give to this because one, I don't, I, I don't have a pet, and two, I don't really know a whole lot about the pet sitting industry. And of course, first of all, I didn't realize it was that big, and that was something that was interesting because I learned a lot just following some of the threads and, and looking at some of the conversations. But also, anytime somebody would bring up anything like logo design or hey, I need business cards, do you know where I can get those done? Or I need. Um, social media work do you know where I can get that done it was a chance for me to kind of jump in and be like hey I'm here I can do this for you and then I also would share things like for example um, one of my big clients locally is Mama Toga I I do her magazine I I work on her uh, blog as well to keep her site running and she recently adopted a dog from Mexico and there was a whole story about that and and how a photographer in the area was down there as part of Candy, C-A-N-D-I. I'll put a, a link to their organization in the show notes. And then 
Jenny heard about this, saw the picture of Luna, and said, hey, I'll adopt her. And the photographer is like, okay, cool. So she and the photographer worked together. They brought Luna up here. But Luna went from being a dog that was basically on the, the edge of passing away because she was starving. She was uh, malnutrition, and she had cancer. So in Mexico, a clinic helped her get better. They worked with her to get rid of the cancer and got her healthy, and they brought her up here. Well, I shared that story with the pet sitting group, and it went over really big. So it's like even though I didn't have an animal of my own, I didn't have a story of my own directly, I was able to tie something into the group. So I think what Felipe is saying is really important, and not to mention a lot of times freelancers need to work on their their social environment as well as their business environment, and that's a great way of doing it. Well, what about you? Like, Do you have any groups that you belong to that are outside of your industry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I work with uh, basically one anime con and two or three gaming conventions. By gaming, I mean Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, and the like for that. And I've been plying my trade with these conventions, but I've also been meeting people, other professionals, other people that um, work in different fields, uh, you know, a lot of info technology, a lot of stuff like that, who are able to give me advice and um, are able to, you know, sometimes send work my way. Uh, one of the people that I met with um, working for Total Confusion is now wanting to boot up a project uh, just for our hobby. And um, it's not really an income generating thing. It's just something we want to do because we like what we do uh, as far as gaming goes. In addition to that, I've gotten two or three logo projects just through those connections. So I find them as invaluable resources. Um, now, as far as the other things uh, outside of groups, what do you think works? Does Craigslist work? Does Elance work? How about those other sites that kind of drive uh, designers to do work but for poverty-level wages? Well, I think one of the groups – or one of the – sorry, one of the sites that I actually – looked up when I was getting started, obviously I didn't have a lot of clientele, so I was looking for a way to build my clientele quickly and bring in work quickly because obviously if you bring in work, you turn that around for for money to pay my bills. And the site that I used was Odesk. Now, there's there's a lot of controversy uh, among our industry about sites like this, like um, Elance, like I think there's a freelancer.net. There's a lot of controversy about it. And what it is is unfortunately we're competing on a world scale rather than a local scale. So you are competing against people that don't need to make enough money like you would locally. So what I found is I did have to lower my rate in order to be competitive. And while I didn't. I did at times feel like I was underselling myself. The situation I was in is I needed jobs and I needed to build my clientele base and I needed to pay my bills. So I had a choice. I could work like that, continue to hone my skills, or I could go get a part-time job. So to me, I felt like lowering my rate was the better way to go because it kept me in the industry I was in. Um, I actually like Dodesk quite a bit, and I don't use it as much anymore, but I found some of my biggest clients that way, and I've had some good success in basically training my clients to realize that 
what you had me on Odesk for isn't what I can charge you on a regular basis. And I, I have a great story to share with that. Um, recently, and actually it has to do with the project I'm going to be doing in May, um, they wanted to hire me on more hour, like a, a full-time basis in May. And they actually came to me and said, well, we need to obviously increase your rate because if we're going to take you on full-time for, for May, we need to make it worth your while. Now, I have to say, there's not a lot of clients like that. And I have a client like that means a lot to me. And they, they really understand what it is that I do because they're a startup themselves. So it was really interesting to have that happen. But what you have to do is you have to be careful with Odesk that you're not undercharging too much. And I think that that discussion actually came up, and I, and I shared it with Carl. It came up on Facebook, and it, what it was talking more about was sites like 99designs, Fiverr, and what we call spec sites. Spec sites are sites that are basically contests run to get work done. Now, the reason I'm being very careful about how I say this is because it is the whole freelance sites is one controversy. Spec work is a much bigger one and one that people are very, very passionate about. And last thing I want is to, to cause a flame war or cause issues. But I don't see anything wrong with having a discussion. And the discussion that I shared with Carl was interesting because – Somebody said, you know, hey, I, I don't like 99designs advertising on Facebook. I'm a designer, and it kind of feels like a slap in the face. And then somebody came on and responded and said, you know, think about those people as designers trying to build their portfolio. Now, what is your feeling on that, Carl? Uh, I've been through a lot of building your portfolio projects. Honestly, um, if you're going to do that, you need to help a nonprofit. Um, you need to help something that you're passionate about so that it doesn't really feel like work. You're actually supporting a cause you believe in. Um, businesses that are trying to get you know, started who want you to basically build your portfolio by underselling yourself, um, they're really businesses that really don't belong in the, their field until they get themselves going, You know, they have a client base uh, they're trying to cut costs anywhere as they can, but they're also trying to undercut other professionals. Um, I, I feel strongly against, you know, uh, local, I guess, stuff like local fitness trainers or whatnot who don't want the startup cost of getting a logo done or business cost. They're, they're going on Craigslist and they're saying, you know, student designers wanted. Well, those student designers are also worth whatever they're charging. Um, hopefully it's something livable or and a little bit extra. Um, I, I, I really try and avoid spec work, you know, these spec contests because I, I don't feel like it's worth anyone's time. And I think that's what was interesting about the conversation is it, it was going back and forth about the fact that, oh, it's, it's people building a portfolio. And then I think what really caught my eye was the statement that the client isn't respecting the designer then. And then in turn, as you said, you don't want to undersell yourself. You're almost not respecting yourself as a designer. And, and this doesn't mean that it's all bad. It just, it does hurt the industry. 
And I'm not saying everybody should be getting hundreds of hundreds of dollars an hour. Obviously, there's different scales of businesses that we work with. But at the same time, there's people out there that, that don't – especially clients that don't understand how that hurts us. There are a lot out there that do take advantage of it. And I think that's what was interesting about the, the conversation is to have – one person kind of be like, yeah, I don't really like this because it doesn't respect me or or what I do. And have somebody else say, well, what about the designer that's doing it? They obviously know what they're signing up for. So that's why I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. Um, with that, that's where Odesk, I feel, is is a step up. It's not perfect. It's not the best situation. But at least when you put a proposal in for a job you're competing at that point you're not competing once you've done the work and i think that's that's more realistic to what the industry is really like on a local basis like for example i've got a web design proposal i'm putting together i know there's another designer that's proposing for the same website i'm fine with that that's part of business that's part of competition and that gives me a chance to hone my selling skills to go in and say, this is why I feel I can give you something better. And and you almost kind of do that on Odesk too, because you, you have that opportunity to turn in a proposal that said, this is why you should hire me. I've got this type of experience. These are the type of jobs I've done before. Um, I, I've it, just things that you could sell about yourself that hopefully will land you the job. Now, that's not always perfect because if I go in at one rate and somebody comes in really low below me, they may win just based on that. But I just feel like at least I'm competing on a level that is much more realistic. Um, Like we said, Odesk, um, I think it's iFreelance. We'll have a, a bunch of links in the show notes that you can check out to look at. The biggest thing is to make sure that you're competing on the proposal level and not on the once the work is done level. Because once the work is done, that that's considered spec work. Um, what's the site that uh, is really good for spec work fighting? I believe it's uh, no-spec.com. Okay, we'll we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. That's an interesting site because they give you a lot of tools to I mean they give you letters to send a contest when you feel like it's not a good situation. They give you information to educate your client if they're going in that direction. Um it is a never ending battle, we will say that, but that's what makes the conversation interesting and it does get heated. And don't be afraid to to put your opinion out there, um, one of my favorite um, social media marketing guys, C.C. Chapman, recently uh, released a podcast on his uh, Managing the Gray podcast that talked about standing up for what you say. If you make a comment and that's what you believe, don't don't feel like you can't back that up. It's important to back that up. So that that was an interesting statement because a lot of people do that. They'll they'll put a comment up and they'll state their opinion and then they'll run away and not deal with it. And that's not how you want to deal with it. You you want to stand behind what you have to say. Um, what what was you were saying something about Craigslist the other day that you you felt like that wasn't really a great place to find work? Yeah. So 
on occasion, I actually look on Craigslist to see what people are looking for. It's usually under creative gigs or tech gigs, where you see people looking for logo design, brochure, or a business card, and uh, or websites. Now, oftentimes they're saying, uh, you know, we're looking for students, working for people starting out, do your portfolio building and all that. But the ones that do say they have a budget for it, if you send them an email, they don't even give you the courtesy of a response frequently. I mean, I sent out maybe 16 to 18 emails last year just looking at uh, different gigs, and I only got one response, and it was it was a project that I really wanted. But they had all they didn't even a real logo. They just wanted some uh, artists to produce what their idea was. So I kind of stepped away, and I said, you know, that's not really I I want to do be a little more creative. So I st uh, you know I stepped away from that. Other than that, I haven't gotten one response to inquiry for a Craigslist. Um, on the alternative side, when you're looking for uh, full-time jobs, Craigslist has been my go-to place. Um, I found my first job at a large corporate giant on Craigslist, and I found uh, my other two jobs on Craigslist too. And it's they don't post there because um, it's really cheap. They post there because they know a lot of designers are going there. Um, and I will say that the jobs that I found, they've been pretty well paying. These are you know, full-time salary jobs, so Craigslist isn't all bad when it comes to finding work. Yeah, that is interesting because I, I know when I was working at the label manufacturer and part of my job was to hire uh, pre-press guys for the digital department, we use Craigslist all the time, and yeah, we, we actually found that that got the fastest response over Monster or any of those job sites. Um so yeah, that is kind of interesting, and and I gotta agree with you. I've I've put my own ad up on Craigslist. Have never seen a hit on that. I have done the same thing. I've responded to things that I think I could be a really good fit for, and I never hear anything back. And that that's I think what moved me to Odesk. Not that I don't I don't mean to keep bringing that up. But that's the one that I use. Um, that's what kind of got me to move to Odesk because I saw more of a response from that and. Something I was just thinking about, the other nice thing about Odesk is once you get a portfolio built, once you do a bunch of jobs, you'll start getting invited to propose on a job. And again, that's a little bit more like local selling. It's more quote-unquote realistic as what – so yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying about Craigslist and I agree. But yeah, it's not all bad. I mean I know people that have found – apartments found furniture found cars like it's great for all that stuff and it's great for finding full-time work too so it let us know if you've had better luck on craigslist maybe there's something carl and i are, are kind of missing as far as how do you get people to respond to you how do you land those freelance gigs through uh craigslist let us know if you're using other sites like odesk uh, freelancer.net stuff like that or elance let us know let us know what your experience is on that um you can email us at info at rookiedesigner.com leave a comment on the the uh, podcast post or come on over to facebook and uh leave a comment on the the facebook page too and let us know because again carl's got that question out there we'll uh we'll probably uh, highlight it after today so that that way you guys can find it easily but yeah definitely 
come over there and join the conversation. Well, I think that that really was a good discussion about where you can find freelance work, what worked for us and what doesn't work for us. There was some stuff we wanted to talk about as far as the pro bono, though. There were some things you wanted to mention about that. Yeah, so really with pro bono work, um, the I like doing this because I like supporting different causes. For me, it's been supporting the hobbies that I, I'm involved with. And th- this is also a great way to network. So initially when I found another anime con to work with, it was about eight years ago, um, I, I approached them. I sent an email to the convention chairperson, and she's like, yeah, we need someone to do our booklet. By the way, it's 100 pages, so uh, you have about four weeks to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always how it is. <laughs> And I will say that 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 was my first large project for, for such a large booklet. And the experience I got from that was awesome. The ability to uh, work with that much content was it, it gave me the chance to organize it, to see how it looked visually, and it really put me in a production type of mindset. And through that, I've actually created uh, connections, you know, and gotten recommendations on LinkedIn through the people that I've worked with because they know my process and they know how reliable I can be when it comes to producing uh, design work. In addition, I also help support uh, the con by running their artist alley, and I'm meeting a lot of people that are uh, fine artists and uh, people that produce uh, products and goods. And, you know, I share ideas with them. I mean, there th- there's technology out there that any designer could use if they want to create something truly unique. Um, for example, laser cutters or, or 3D printers. I mean, there's also uh, one of my friends, Heather Bloss, who runs, who's done a Kickstarter to make acrylic charms. Her name, her Kickstarter has raised enough money so that she could make these uh, three printed charms to help Give, get a product out there for Artist Alley. I met her at another anime con four years ago, and our relationship has been, uh, you know, me helping her uh, get logo, uh, mascots out there to help build her business, and she's done fantastic work, including animation for Skullgirls and other games like that. Well, I think it's I, from somebody who hasn't really been around anime cons or gaming cons, and I've I am a gamer as well, but I have never been to a, a con. It's funny for me to hear you say con and nonprofit in the same conversation. And I think that's where a lot of people assume that a con is profitable, that it that it's a profit business. And some of them are not. Um, but the one thing that you brought up to me before we started recording that really stuck out to me, and I ran into this myself, was realizing that just because they're nonprofit doesn't mean they don't have a budget. That's right. Nonprofit doesn't mean non-paying. There's definitely a misconception about that sometimes for freelancers. And yes, some nonprofits will try to take advantage of that. And also, a lot of times nonprofits don't have a big budget, but it doesn't mean they don't have one at all. Um, A perfect example is I I worked with a shelter organization down in my hometown, Saratoga Springs. And for them... They didn't have a huge budget to have some of the print collateral done for their their events, but they had something. And if I didn't ask, they wouldn't have shared that with me, unfortunately. Um, now, since then, they've they've moved to another 
design company to do their work for them. And the experience was interesting to learn to say, hey, you know, just because you're a nonprofit, I could still ask what's your budget. Um, it, you, I'm assuming you find the same thing, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not worked with different nonprofits. Uh, one of these conventions, they will uh, they'll give you a room and board. They'll give you a free entry to the con. It's basically a whole vacation, and you know, for maybe 40 hours of work, I'm getting a $500 benefit. Um, they feed you, they care for you. It's just that that's the type of benefit I look for when I'm working with some of these conventions to be able to participate in the event and see all of my work come together. Um, as far as uh, other budgeting, it it just a lot of people cry poor mouth and they don't realize that many of these nonprofits have grants and and money that they can spend on on printing and on design work, um, and and. It's just you got to kind of push them sometimes to see what that budget is and see if uh, it's a good relationship for you. I also think sometimes that money is on a time restraint too. Yes. Like some of them, they have to spend it that year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We see a lot of bulls kind of pushing out their spending, you know, at the end of the year because if they don't spend it this year, they're not getting it next year. Right. So especially when you when you're working with uh, nonprofits that have ties to the government, you got to know their financial year when it ends. You got to do a bit of research. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, I think we did a great job of covering some places people can find freelance work. And uh, I, I think what we want to start doing now is at the end of each show, I want to start doing a recommendation. It could be a site, it could be an app. It could be a software of some sort. It could be a book, like I, anything really. Um, it doesn't even have to be design related. It could be something fun. So, what, what do you have for a recommendation this this show? In the spirit of this freelance work, I do have one that I've signed up for but never actually used. So, I want to give it the name to you guys. It's called Thumbtack.com. I'm always getting uh, job requests from them, and you know, you need a few minutes to actually make a bid. But it seems that people are posting these projects with real budgets so i'm thinking it might be a good place to actually uh put in bids so check it out okay excellent excellent well i i think uh one thing that i'm going to recommend something that's completely off the wall has nothing to do with freelancing has nothing to do with design except that it's kind of design related because i have recently got an iphone 5 and obviously i want it to protect it because it is an investment and it is something that i use for business constantly so I actually got the OtterBox commuter case. And what I love about this thing is the design is beautiful. It's both a rubber and a hard plastic case together. And what I found that that does is if I do drop it, which I don't recommend anybody drops any phone they have, but if I do drop it, the rubber kind of gives it that shock absorption, but then the hard plastic gives it that protection against your keys when it's in your pocket. Or if you throw it in your, your drawer for some reason or something, it protects it that way. Um, so I've been really happy with this, and I definitely recommend it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, if you have an iPhone of any sort, I highly recommend the OtterBox. It's a great case. Well, I think that brings our show to a close. Where can people find you, Carl? I can be found at holycarpdesign.com. That's holycarp as in the, the fish. 
and I can also be found at Holy Carp Design on Twitter and on Facebook as well. All right, excellent. And you can find me under my business name, Prepressology, and I'm on Twitter as Prepressology, on Facebook that way. Um, let's see where else. I'm on Google Plus that way. Uh, you can also find us on our site, RookieDesigner.com. We have a podcast link to iTunes that allows you to subscribe. We'd love for you to subscribe. But the big thing, too, is we'd love for you to give us a rating. What that rating does is it brings our podcast to the attention of iTunes and Apple, of course. But it also brings it to the attention of people searching for a good podcast. Um, so, again, if you could give us a rating, that'd be great. Um, we'll have links to everywhere you can find us in our show notes. You can find us on Rookie Designer. On Twitter, Rookie Designer on Facebook, and come join the conversation on Facebook. We made it to 252 likes on Facebook, which we're really happy because we got over that 250 mark, which I was, yeah, I was a little begging a little bit for that, but we made it. So we'd love for you guys to come over there and join us. We have some really good conversations. We post stuff constantly, so you guys have some new content. But so all the links will be in the show notes. Make sure you check that out at rookiedesigner.com. And as always, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. 